that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I was at Bojangles eating breakfast and I was watching TV and it said on the captions, it said, America is better off now than it was eight years ago. And I was thinking, okay, by whose definition are we taking on that bit of crazed thinking that America is better off today than it was eight years ago? Definitely not by God's definition is America better off. I mean, when we talk about the character of a nation, the character of a nation always degenerates, does it not? I mean, you can, if you're a parent, you just look at your grandchildren and you almost live in fear of what their generation will be like or what society will be like when they grow up. So we all know that our culture degenerates over the period of time. I mean, I used to have serious radio on my truck and I would scan through the music of the 40s. And of course, the 40s music was wartime. It was about uh, the love for nation, love for country. There was a lot of romantic love songs back then because some of the men were going off to war and, and maybe not returning. So it was some powerful music back in the 40s. And then I would click to the 50s. And the 50s music was sort of more self-centered. My car, my girl, my, my song, my dance. And then you go to the 60s, and it was incredible degeneration in the music during the 60s. And then it goes on from there, 70s, 80s, 90s. And you can notice as you scan through that, just a complete degeneration of the character of, you know, people. So are we better off? Are we better off when it comes to the character of a nation today? You know, Kennedy, it was 19, let's see, it was 1969, July 20th, Kennedy put a man on the moon. Obama put a man in the woman's bathroom. Is that better off? Are we better off today? Because of, is that a good thing? Are we better off because we've got men in the women's bathroom today. When Obama was the first elected, there were 32 million Americans on food stamps. Today, there are 46 million Americans on food stamps. The U.S. debt GDP was under 70%. Today, it's over 101%. When Obama was, had, was first been elected in the White House, the average duration for unemployment uh, has risen from 19.8% to 32.8%, the average duration of people on uh, unemployment. During the Obama administration, the U.S. government has accumulated more debt than from the time George Washington was president, our first president, to Bill Clinton's presidency. The Obama administration has accumulated more debt than from George Washington to Bill Clinton's presidency. Are we better off? Is the character of a nation better off today? Are we, do we see more godly children? Do we see more honest politicians? That's a joke. That's a joke right there. Do we see more godly leadership? Do we see more godly entertainment today? Did you know that God never sent a prophet to Israel to tell them how good they were doing? He never sent a prophet to, to, to give them a pat on the back and say, oh, you people are doing so good. 
never. It was always bad news. And often they would kill the prophet. They would kill the messenger boy. Well, if we just kill him, you know, maybe everything will be all right. That's what they did. They killed the prophets. Hosea 4 and verse 4 says, Let no man strive nor reprove another. In other words, there is no use in offering correction because no one is listening to correction. For thy people, continuing on, for thy people are as they that strive with the priests. Yeah, all people want to do is just argue religion. They don't, they don't care about obeying God. I can guarantee you that. They just want to argue over whether this is true or not. Let's argue over whether we should keep the law of God or not. Let's debate it. Let's argue it. These people, Hosea said these people are, would argue with the priest. Hosea 4 and verse 5, Therefore shall you fall in the day, and the prophets also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy your mother. Now, what biblical prophecy seem, seems to indicate about the fall of America is this, that America does not become necessarily a, a first-rate, second-rate, third-rate country and then just sort of flicker out like a candle in the wind. No, it seems to indicate that at the time of America's fall, America is at the height of prosperity. But when it falls, it is sudden. It is all at once total collapse of everything. And it is a total collapse of morality. That's what you need to understand. Now, we can understand how our economy could cause the collapse of America, but, but it, what, what it's really talking about is a total collapse of the character of a nation. Hosea 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How could we not have knowledge? Well, it's the kind of knowledge that it's talking about here. The kind of knowledge that's being referred to here is the knowledge of morality. Notice, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject thee, that you shall be no priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the law of God. I will also forget your children. Yes, yes. I mean, just go to church. Do you hear the law of God being preached? Often you hear something like the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, or it's been fulfilled, and we're not under the law. Because, God says, because you have rejected my law, I'm going to reject you. Hosea 4 and verse 7, As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. Yeah, the more they populated, the more money they had, the more blessings, the more prosperity, the more they sinned against me. We're talking about the total degeneration of the character of a nation. Why is it? Answer this question. Why is it that we can no longer read the character of a man? I mean, we're considering putting a woman into the presidency who is a pathological liar. Talking about Hillary. A pat and we don't care. We do not care. It doesn't matter. Character doesn't matter anymore. Isaiah 59 and verse 14, it says, And judgment is turned away backwards. That means you don't have any judgment. You, it, you can't look at a person and say, That person is a pathological liar. They should not be leading this nation. What qualifies a person to be president of the United States? Well, I want to look at some scriptures here that gives us a good clue. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 1 says, This is a true saying. If a man desires the office excuse me, of a bishop, 
He desires a good work. Now, the word bishop means superintendent. It means person in charge. And so a president is in charge of running a nation. So we have some instructions here from the Bible about what would qualify a person to be the president of the United States. Well, it says in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 2, it says, A bishop then must be blameless. Uh-oh, let's just stop right there. Your leader should be blameless. Your politicians should be blameless. Now, is, is that even possible? Well, you know, I was just thinking about this. When Ronald Reagan was president, before he became president, he used to be a movie star. And I thought it was interesting that they never, the media, the liberal media, never uncovered some kind of garbage on him about this affair, that affair. I mean, I think the man had character myself. I think he had a lot of good character because they never uncovered some kind of dirty laundry as far as, and think about it, he was in Hollywood and they never was able to, to turn up something nasty, you know, about him. But, you know, you, in other words, you never heard anything about, well, you know, uh, having oral sex in the White House with young interns. I mean, that's what we heard, at least during the uh, Clinton administration, having oral sex in the White House with young interns. The man should have been impeached. Okay, let's continue on. It says, the husband of one wife. This is, this is the qualifiers we're talking about for being president of the United States. We're using this, which is referring to bishops, leadership in the church, but we're going to apply it to the president of the, of the United States. The husband of one wife, it says. Not a man whore, okay? If your leader is a man whore, that's, that's a problem. Uh, if the man whore's wife decides to run for the president, that's also a problem. Have you ever seen these gentlemen's clubs? Why do they call them gentlemen's club? There's not a gentleman in there. They are man whore clubs. Why would a wife support that? Why would a wife support their man going to one of these gentlemen clubs? You ever heard that song, Stand By Your Man? I can't do it. Okay. Stand by your man. I can't do it. Okay. But it was the stupidest song I've ever heard. Listen, if your man is a man whore, you're not supposed to stand by him. Standing by him makes you look like an idiot. If you're standing by, if you're a woman and you're standing behind your man whore, it makes you look stupid. Okay. So what qualifies a person for being president of the United States. Well, continue on. Here it says, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. You know, a leader should be able to teach. Did you see that little clip of Obama when his uh, teleprompter quit working? He became a blithering, stuttering buffoon. He couldn't even put two words together. And all I've ever heard is, oh, what a great speech maker, what a great speech he gives. Well, okay, take away his teleprompter and see how great it is. It was unreal. You ought to look that up on, on uh, YouTube videos, uh, uh, him trying to speak with, when his teleprompter just blacked out or something. It, it, was, uh, it, was, it was unreal. I couldn't believe it. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 3, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy um, of money, let's say, but patient, not a brawler, uh, not covetous. Uh, now, okay, so a leader is not to be about Okay, just for the money. Okay, I'm just in it for the money. It would be nice if he had his own money. Okay, yeah, well, actually it would. All right, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 4. One that rules well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity, 
for if a man knows not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? If a man doesn't know how to rule his own house, you know, how can he run the president, the presidency? How can he run a nation? In other words, your children should respect and speak well of you. Notice it again. Notice this again. For if a man knows not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Or how shall he lead a nation? Now, the first rule, I think, for being a president is that you can't be in politics. You can't be a politician. It should be the first rule. Did you hear that about Bernie Sanders, that he didn't even hold down a job until his, in his 40s or something like that? Or he's never held down a job? I, I, it was something like that. I, it was some kind of crazy thing. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. But, okay, a professional politician. You can't be a politician and be elected to be the President of the United States. I think you ought to be, that you should own your own business and be successful at running your own business. Now, why would I say that? I say that because I'm part owner of a business. And there is incredible character building in running and owning, being part owner of a business. In other words, you work people. You have to hire people. You have to fire people sometimes. You have to uh, work with people and please people. There is incredible character building lessons in running and owning your own business. I think this ought to be mandatory. Before a man can even think about leading a nation, he must rule his own house. He must rule his own business and be successful at it. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 6, not a novice, lest be lifting up with pride, he falls into condemnation of the devil. In other words, not a paid politician. Paid politicians are professional liars. That's what they are. Do you know how politicians work? They, they run opinion polls. Okay, this is how it works. They run opinion polls and they say, what do the American people want to, want to hear about abortion, about um, whatever, uh, gender identity. They run opinion polls, and when the opinion polls come back, oh, this is what the American people want to hear, that's what the politician gives them. Whatever those polls say that the American people want to hear, that's what they give them. They are professional liars is what I'm saying. There's nothing authentic about a paid politician. Moreover, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 7, he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. Okay, a good report. Okay, I think a person ought to have a good report. Now, let me say something. I don't care how good you are, people will speak evil of you. They spoke evil of Jesus. He was perfect, okay? They said he was a wine bibber. He drank too much. They said he ate too much. They said he hung around the wrong people. So even when you're perfect, and none of us are except Jesus, they still spoke evil of him. But I think that a person should be spoken well, that, that he's, done, he's donated money, he's uh, created jobs, he's given people jobs, he's done a lot of good things. I was looking on the internet about stingy politicians that, you know, a tithe is 10%. But these politicians, I could not believe what they get. Even though they amass millions of dollars, they give something like 1% of their money to charitable donations, 2% of their money. It, it was pathetic, it was pathetic. Oh, now there was one uh, couple, the Clintons, who gave 10% of their money to charitable donations. Guess where they donated their 10% to? The Clinton Foundation. They gave it back to themselves. I tell you, these politicians, they ought to be thrown out of the White House. Throw them, all of them, 
all of, throw them all out. Get rid of all of them. And they think you love them. They think they're the answer. They think they're highly intelligent. Yes, they do. Most of them are like an order of fries short of a Happy Meal. It's pathetic. There is no wisdom in the upstairs department. None. Certain qualifications for being a president of the United States, there should be, and the most powerful qualification is the man should have character. The character of a man is so critical. Our character is what we do when we think no one is looking. And I, I found that people who have bad character, they don't even care if someone's watching. They don't even care. Hey, I'm a pathological liar. Uh, I'm having sex with young interns in the White House. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm a liar. It doesn't matter if I'm a thief. It doesn't matter. You know, I can't believe it that, that the character of a man, people that don't have character, they don't even care anymore. And we no longer care if the person has no character. It's like, I'll vote for you anyway. You know, they have no character, you be our president. How stupid can we be? How could we possibly think that character doesn't matter? How could we not care about that issue of character? Character is everything when it comes to leadership. Everything. I'm telling you, for the last eight years, we've had, and this is the first time this has ever, ever happened in our nation. We have had an anti-American for president. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. We have never in the history of our nation had an anti-American in the White House leading our nation. And these people, these politicians, they don't even believe in American exceptionalism. What is American exceptionalism? Well, let me tell you what it is. Uh, Peggy Noonan, I think Peggy Noonan used to write, a uh, speechwriter for Reagan, I believe. She said this, she said, we fought wars to, slay, to free slaves. We sent millions of white men to battle and destroy a portion of our nation to free millions of black men. What kind of a nation does this? Ask yourself that question. Do, I mean, what I am seeing is that people no longer even believe in American exceptionalism. They no longer even believe in it anymore. We went to Europe, fought, died, and won, and then taxed ourselves to save our enemy with the Marshall Plan. What kind of a nation does this? Soviet communism stalked the world, and we were the ones that stilled ourselves and taxed ourselves to stop it. What kind of a nation does this? Well, only a grateful nation. Only an, and, and America, America is the most generous nation out there. We have given more money away, not only to our own, to help our, you know, in times of, you know, floods and things like that in America, but we have sent more money to help people, to rescue people when they're wiped out by a tsunami, when they're wiped out by an earthquake. We are the most generous people out there. We have given more money away out of, a, out of generosity to help people who are hurting. In fact, I sometimes think that the reason the hammer, God's hammer has not come down upon us yet is because we are a generous nation and we have mercy on other people when they are suffering. Unlike ISIS, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I want to read a passage. 
from the Bible that speaks to the politicians of our nation. Jeremiah 5 and verse 26. For among my people are found wicked men. Yeah, in the White House. They lay wait as he that set a snares. They set a trap. They catch men. Verse 27, as a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Yeah, you want a description of the White House? Right there it is. It's full of deceit and lies. Therefore, they are become great and waxed rich. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, let me, who do you think this is talking about? Who do you think this is talking about? Where would you find a scenario like this? Well, I'll tell you, in the White House. Jeremiah 5 and verse 28. They are waxed fat. They shine, yea. They overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless. Yet they prosper. And the right of the needy do they, do they not judge. Yeah. Professional politicians could care less about you. They don't give a rip about the common people. The only thing they care about is their own personal gain, their own personal pocketbook. All of them ought to be thrown out. All of them. Jeremiah 5 and verse 26. Shall not I visit for this thing, says the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Who do you think this is referring to when God says on such a nation as this? Well, we would look back and say, well, in biblical history, it's talking about Israel and Judah. But hey, let's just, if the shoe fits, wear it. On such a nation as this. Who is this referring to? Well, I think you know. I think you know who it's referring to. Jeremiah 5 and verse 30. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesize falsely. The preachers are lying to you. That's what it's saying. And the priests bear rule by their means. That basically means they just come up with their own authority. You know, it's not, it's not biblical. They're just coming up with their own stuff off the top of their head, their own authority, not the word of God. That's what it means by bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. Yeah, people love to be lied to is what it's saying. People love to be lied to by their preacher. People love to be lied to by their politicians. And what will you do in the end thereof, God says? Now, let me ask you a question. Why would the Bible make the connection between what's going on in politics and what's going on in the churches that dot our land? Why the connection? Because there is a connection here. We start out with crooked, you know, what's going on in our leadership, but then the switch is made to religion and being lied to about the Bible. Why? Why the connection? Well, you see, when your preachers teach a positive thinking theology, when they say things like, it doesn't matter who we vote for, we could vote for the devil. Just, just think positive thoughts about that person. It doesn't matter. When that's what you're hearing in church, when there is no guidelines coming from the churches about the corruption in our political system, when, there, when that does not exist in your church, when preachers fail to tell you how to discern the character of a person, and how do you discern the character of a person? By the law of God. But first, you've got to internalize that yourself 
before you can ever have any discernment to judge other people about their conduct, whether it is right or whether it is wrong. You've got to internalize the law of God. But preachers have failed to tell you how to do that. You know, often you hear the law is not important. It's been done away with. When your preachers only tell you what you want to hear, peace, peace, peace in our time, prosperity teaching, let's just, God just wants you to have that four-car garage and Mercedes Benz and boat and, and, and airplane, you know. When that, when that is all that you hear, peace, peace in our time. When your church service is nothing more than a feel-good pep rally, you just go there to feel good about yourself. That's the only reason you're going. If they made you feel bad or told you you were wrong or corrected you, you would leave in a heartbeat. Listen, what's going on in politics is just a reflection of what's going on in the church. If there is no character in the church, who do you think we're going to put into the office of the greatest nation on earth, America, if there's no character in the church? As I said before, you'd be amazed at the people in your church sitting beside you who are pro-choice, who believe in socialism and don't even know what it is, who believe in gay marriage or support gay marriage, but they don't tell you. But you'd be surprised at people that, that believe that and are sitting right beside you in church. And often these people with no character have a clever disguise it is so cleverly disguised. Well, we're just so loving and compassionate. You know, yeah, we believe in socialism. We believe every bum on Skid Row ought to have a four-car garage, and we ought to give him our money, and we're so concerned about the planet and the spotted owl. We don't care if we abort, you know, 50 million children, but, but you know, we're so concerned about uh, the animals and, the, and you know, uh, recycling and the nation and taking care of everything. We're so loving and we're so compassionate. We can't stand it when they kill a gorilla that where the child fell down in the cage or whatever and they had to shoot the gorilla. <clears throat> I love what Rush Lim Limbaugh said. He said, why hadn't that gorilla evolved yet? Why hadn't that gorilla evolved yet when that little child fell down in there? I mean, I thought they were supposed to evolve. Talking about the stupidity of evolution, the teaching of that. Well, anyway, I'm David Freeman repeating the words of Jeremiah 5 and verse 9, where God says, Shall I not visit for these things, says the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, the direction that we are headed as a nation. Anyway, I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is, is that really in the Bible?
www.kirchenradio.net